G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. He said to me, Neil, I'm not feeling really well today. Can you be on standby to take over the message from me if I call on you? So I said, all right, you know, not expecting that I'd be called upon, but then I said, I'll do my best. And about two minutes into his introduction, he looks at me and says, Neil, I'm not well. Can you take over? The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, our guest today is once again Vision's own Neil Johnson, host of the Daily Current Events program called 2020. Today, Neil will go down memory lane once again and share with us more of his life journey, including the time he suddenly found out that he was the lead pastor of a church. Also, as we've been hearing, Neil is much more than just a voice on the radio. He's a real thinker and has done much reflection on the state of society today, which he's written about in his book called Public Christians in a Secular Age. Neil will tell us what led to him writing this book as he shares more of his story with us today. Once again, Neil Johnson is chatting with Eric Scatterbo. You met your wife. Tell us about Charmaine. Well, I met Charmaine when my flatmate, who had a motorcycle accident and broke his leg, attracted a couple of young women from his church to come around and visit. Oh. And so there they are sitting in our lounge room, and I caught the eye of one of those young women, <laughs> yep. and that just happened to be Charmaine. And uh, eventually we just uh, developed a friendship, and then eventually we were going out together in a two-and-a-half-year courtship And uh, I was 22, she was 21 when we married, Uh, she was the daughter of a pastor, and we made plans in that time. We planned how many children we'd have. We planned that we would work for a year, that we would then go off to Bible college and do some study that would ground us in our Christian faith so that we'd be prepared for whatever God was going to call us to into the Mm -hmm. future. And so... Those were really, really good years. We look back on those years, and you know, we weren't, we didn't have a lot uh, of money or anything like that. But uh, we loved one another, and we thought we were uh, certainly, you know, idealistic about the way we were going to serve the Lord. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been a wonderful experience, and we've been now married over thirty-five years. Fantastic! And you went to Bible school in Melbourne. Went to Bible school in Melbourne, and at the time it was a one-year course, mm-hmm. and uh, the Bible college that we attended was called the Apostolic Ministry Development College, which doesn't exist in that right now. Uh, they've changed things in the movement that we're a part of, uh, but it was a wonderful experience, intensive made wonderful friends, grew in maturity. As I often will say to young people contemplating going along to Bible college, what happens is you are accelerated in your faith Hmm. and your knowledge grows. All of a sudden, the lights are turned on. You understand where that thinking and that theology came from as you study things through church history and you understand some of the controversies that went on in the first 2,000 years of the church. Bible college is a tremendous tremendous experience, a maturing experience, mm-hmm. and I think it's held us in really good stead for all these years. And of course, just recently, 
Back about uh, six years ago, uh, I went back to Bible college too and uh, studied a master's degree. Oh, okay. And having been ordained, by the way, for the last uh, uh, 32 years or so as well. So, uh, But a master's degree in ministry leadership. And some of the things that God was impressing on me as I'm doing a master's level study because you get to choose a lot of the topics that you write about when you're studying a master's level. And, of course, my background and my ministry role has been on radio, and there hasn't been a lot of academic material written about Christian radio. So during those years, it took me four years to complete the master's degree in an intensive uh, way of study. The master's degree... I used uh, to reflect on Christian radio. And so some of that comes into this latest book, this one called Public Christians in a Secular Age, because Christian radio is a little bit like a go-between between business and ministry. Mm -hmm. And Christian radio needs to get things right when it comes to being spiritual and in a ministry sense. So some of the things I was able to reflect with and work with as some of the people who are a part of the team at Vision, it was a wonderful experience and got to think through deeply some of the issues that really can add some value to Christian radio as it continues to blossom in Australia. Hmm. And it all started when you were ordained as a pastor and then you went into ministry? I went into ministry in a smaller movement uh, where there was no wages to be paid. Uh, Really, a lot of what I was doing was volunteer. Mm -hmm. On the Gold Coast, we were based there in a church, and uh, I began to serve in the church. I used to set aside Wednesdays as a working day, and I'd uh, try and earn a living on other days. Eventually, we were asked to move to Melbourne, Mm -hmm. where we spent a couple of years in Melbourne, and uh, part of a church there. And while I was in Melbourne doing a sort of an internship, and I remember there was uh, some people there saying, oh, he's a learner pastor. So, you know, put a L plate on my forehead, <laughs> uh, not the loser plate, the learner plate. And, uh, and so while I was there, there was a couple who were hosting a Christian program on one of the local community stations called Mm -hmm. Plenty Valley FM. And on a Sunday night, they invited me to come and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And this was a moment where I discovered that I could articulate faith issues. I could talk about my faith in a significant way. And this other couple, uh, Peter and Michelle, uh, they would bring the topics Mm -hmm. and I would get to engage with them in conversations around those. And that has been you know it's a little bit like the spark that started something so far as christian radio and a career because when i left melbourne we left melbourne and i moved back to brisbane to work at the christian station in brisbane which is called 96.5 it's family fm Mm -hmm. so i was program director there now i'm just going to back up a little bit and say up to that point correct me if i'm wrong but up to that point you had your secular radio career, and then you had your Bible school and being trained to be a minister, but the two hadn't gone together before that. Is that right? They hadn't gone together, and it's an Mm -hmm. interesting thing that when you have a commercial radio career early, Mm -hmm. then going into what was at that time a community radio experience uh, and then into Christian radio, which at the time was in its aspirant stage, Mm -hmm. so it wasn't even on the air full-time. So it was 
there was a certain sense in which, you know, I had to humble myself a little and say, well, you know, this is where God is leading me. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not something that I necessarily would really uh, choose because I was into a commercial radio career. But at that time, I moved that way and the opportunity was there, the door was open, and here I was now responsible for a programming leadership in a Christian station in a capital city. And so it was an exciting and very beneficial experience. Yeah, so now you're able to combine two things that you love, radio and your Christian faith. And this is what I think is so, so important. And when you talk about God moving the chess pieces around and he knows what the strategy is, he puts us in places. He, in fact, develops the skills within us and he puts in our heart his desires. And so mm-hmm. when those desires match up with our skills and we pursue those things along the career path that we are on, uh, we're able to do those things with a level of skill that perhaps others haven't had. So you hope that there are others developing along those paths. But that was, yes, uh, the passion of the heart and the skills that had been developed uh, put together to be used uh, for the glory of the kingdom. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a personal thing, but a, you know, God be glorified. Amen. And then where did your path go from there? Well, in fact, while I was at uh, 96.5 uh, Family FM, that was when I started to write about Christian radio. And at the time, there was a bit of controversy over whether you play Christian songs on the radio or whether you should play some mainstream songs on the radio. As anyone knows, uh, you know, uh, that still continues on Mm -hmm. lots of Christian stations where there's a lot of mainstream music. So I wrote a booklet, which is like a paper that was really fairly closely distributed to program directors and CEOs who were grappling with this whole issue in Christian radio. And I called it Bricks for Worldview Builders because having had a Bible college experience and having had that nurture that said, you know, we're here to serve God in a ministry sense, then uh, the sorts of things I wrote about, and it wasn't just about music, it was about how you actually make those bricks to build a worldview. Sometimes we talk about the thing called a Christian worldview. Yeah. Well, when you're on the radio, you've got to be able to apply yourself as to how you build that Christian worldview. And so I came up with some good, helpful tips and some wisdom and insight uh, for people who hadn't had a Bible college training but who were working in Christian radio. And so it was a valuable document, and now that uh, goes back about 27 years. So me writing this latest book, Public Christians in a Secular Age, uh, this is a little bit of an extension of that, but this one's a lot deeper again and has its own insights into what happens in the communicator's world. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you just love what you're doing. Well, I think, you know, I have my days now. This might let listeners in on uh, on some issues. Some <laughs> days I struggle to get out of bed like anybody else does. Is that right? Some days I wander through the door at work and I think this feels like another work day. It could be in any sort of job. But I have a devotional life and I find that if I have a routine devotion and I have a prayer time, then I can face the day with that extra impetus, that Mm. extra dimension, which says my work is not just for me. 
This is a work for the Lord. And so you adopt a servant heart yeah. and you approach your work day and it has real value because it has an eternal value to mm-hmm. it. It's not just yeah. earning a pay pack at the end of the week. Uh, it's not just working Monday to Friday and having a weekend free to go and do what you want. It really is an opportunity which is ministry-oriented and so if there are beneficiaries of that, it's the listeners who actually benefit from the presenter who has a devotional life, who has his own story to tell, and who can connect those issues that are going on in real life today and bring something that actually adds to the value of the lives of listeners who are listening, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's an enlarging of their worldview, whether it's even a leading towards faith. Uh, those things can be powerful in people's lives, and uh, I never take for granted that God has given to us these gifts, and he even sets up the guests we talk to yeah. so that in the right place at the right time, someone's life is being touched, perhaps changed, even transformed for the glory of God. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scatterbo is once again chatting with Neil Johnson, host of Vision's daily current events program called 2020. Next, we'll hear more of Neil's story, including the time he suddenly became a lead pastor in the most unexpected way. All that and more is coming up when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Neil Johnson, host of Vision's 2020 program and author to the book, Public Christians in a Secular Age. Now, we're going to pick up Neil's life journey after he worked at Brisbane's Christian radio station, 96.5 FM, and we'll find out what happened next in his life. Well, I spent some time uh, back in commercial radio at 4KQ in Brisbane. I worked there as a journalist for a couple of years and then was offered a position of general manager at the Rima station on the Gold Coast. Okay. Uh, so at the time, it was it was in its aspirant stage as well. Mm-hmm. So took on that role and was in charge of everything. And that was a wonderful opportunity to move into a real leadership role where, you know, responsible to the board and mm. responsible yeah. to fulfill the, uh, the vision and the mission that the board had set. And so had a great opportunity there working as manager of Rima FM. Eventually, I ended up pastoring a church. Oh, okay. And uh, we were a part of the church. I mentioned earlier my wife, she was a pastor's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was a fairly extreme issue that was coming in my life, and I hadn't realized how extreme it was. But I remember one Sunday morning getting a call from my father-in-law who was the senior pastor. And this is a church of about 100, 120 strong, mm-hmm. meeting in a community hall on the Gold Coast. And, and he said to me, Neil, I'm not feeling really well today. 
can you be on standby to take over the message from me if I call on you? And mm-hmm. I said, uh, oh, well, you know, reluctantly you say, well, okay, well, yeah. I haven't done any study or uh, don't know what notes you're working with because uh, he used to work with handwritten notes. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll, you know, not expecting that I'd be called upon, but then uh, I said I'll do my best. So here we were in church on Sunday morning and the pastor gets up to preach and about two minutes into his introduction, he looks at me and says, Neil, I'm not well. Can you take over? Oh, wow. So by the time I stood up to the lectern and tried to make sense of, you know, his handwritten notes that looked to me like hieroglyphics, <laughs> uh, wondering where I go from here, yeah, he lunged forward and hit the ground uh, with oh. a massive heart attack and on that day died in church. Oh, wow. And so the baptism of fire, you might call it, yeah. uh, taking leadership in the church because I became the senior leader from that point on, mm. was in coordinating a prayer team. Gather around. We need to pray. Someone take the children out. Someone go to the uh, to the driveway and usher in the ambulance. And from that time, taking over the leadership of a church, uh, when the senior leader, who was much loved, died, uh, mm. cast me into what was quite an uh, quite a a significant experience. Because a church going through grief, some will appreciate, mm-hmm. there are some specific characteristics about what happens when churches go through grief. And it was not an easy road, uh, but I pastored that church for about four and a half years before we merged with a another church, and, uh, and I'm still a part of that church to this very day. Mm-hmm. Wow, talk about uh, being thrown in the deep end. It is. It is a deep end experience. And in some sense, I had already been ordained for many years, and as a lot of pastors are, you find yourself in an associate or a support role. Uh, Oftentimes it's a volunteer role and you serve uh, in a capacity while you earn your income working another job and uh, you work very hard in those roles. And a special honour to those pastors who uh, do all of that for the love of God and not Mm -hmm. necessarily for a pay packet at the end of the week. So I I empathise with pastors and because most people in church life don't work for a pay packet, they work for the glory of God, mm-hmm. and so yeah. nice to have come from those sorts of beginnings and uh, to know what it's like to be on that leadership side mm. when you are leading a church, but you've come from you know years of serving, even though you might have been ordained uh, to be a pastor, uh, but serving alongside a senior leader and gleaning the wisdom that you do while you're on that journey. And getting back to your story, eventually you come to work for a vision. What year was that? Well, I came to work for Vision, uh, must have been 2007, right at the beginning of 2007, and I've been with Vision ever since. I've been hosting the 2020 program for into its 13th year now, so uh, came to work with Vision initially in the newsroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, The newsroom is where I had those skills too, uh, radio announcing earlier and also Uh, radio journalism, Mm -hmm. uh, working in radio news. And so came to Vision working in the newsroom. And when the powers that be 
the likes of Phil Edwards, uh, mm-hmm. who's the CEO of Vision, yep. said uh, we need a talk radio program, and and uh, it was me who was then set into that role. And so, you know, you start off with baby steps and you move into these things. And I've grown with that role over these past 13 years and uh, have been very excited about it and still am very excited about what I do today. And then you studied because you thought it would help you be a better host of that program? I thought that it would help me to be a better host of the program, absolutely, because uh, when you are stagnating at one level, you need to actually dig a little deeper and take things to a new level. And for me, uh, that came with a conversation with an old friend of mine who was leading a leadership program at the Christian Heritage College, City Point College of Ministries. And he was leading the Masters of Ministry Leadership. And uh, I was inspired to take that on and Uh, It was a very, very uh, powerfully impacting time as I undertook that study. And yes, the sorts of things that were threads that went through all of the subjects in that master's level, which I was applying to Christian media, Mm -hmm. they are the seedbed for some of the deeper thinking that is in this book, Public Christians in a Secular Age. Mm. It's a readable book, but it does go into some deeper things. And so uh, for anyone who does get a hold of it, uh, get ready because it's not going to be a light read, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a valuable read. Well, you're a deep thinker, so we would think that your book would be pretty deep and not a light read as well. And what the book does is takes the reader and it is especially important for leaders You know, there's an old saying, leaders are readers. Mm. And so people who buy leadership books, and might I say, uh, there's an estimated, and I don't know who made this estimate, but there's 70,000 books on leadership, and they all say different things. Mm. So leadership is really a very much uh, an interesting dimension to study. So the sort of leadership that I'm talking about in this book is how to embed the mission of God in the organization that you lead. And so I do use as a loose case study what happens at Vision Radio. Vision Mm. Radio is a wonderful shining light example Mm -hmm. of a well-run Christian organization. Mm -hmm. And I know listeners will be thrilled to hear that, and that's not just something I'm saying. That really is the case. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that have shaped the way that I think have come from my experience of 15 years in a well-run Christian organization with spiritual people who are in charge with a very determined and strong strategy for being able to grow. And those numbers are on the board with more than 770 cities, towns and communities with vision stations and all of the things that are going to now enlarge and expand the future. Exciting times working with godly people and to be able to reflect some of the academic rigor along with that experience is what people will read when they read this book, Public Christians in a Secular Age. Because there's no doubt that Australia is becoming very, very secular. Mm -hmm. God is being marginalized Christians are being pushed out to, if you think of a playing field, Eric, Mm -hmm. you've got players on the field and you've got Christians who are being pushed out to the sidelines. Uh, We don't want your expression in this marketplace. Mm. 
And what happens typically, and uh, you know, you can read some more about this in the book, is what happens when we are pressurized and pushed out onto the margins? Mm. Well, the pressure is growing, and those believers, those who are waiting on God and His inspiration, the pressure is growing for a republicization of our Christian faith. Mm. And, Eric, the things that we've been talking about, uh, these mm-hmm. are really just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. And with the things that I've written in Public Christians in a Secular Age, if these are conversation starters and it gets people's minds active and tongues are wagging uh, talking about all the sorts of possibilities, there might even be people who disagree with some things in there. That's okay too. Mm-hmm. But if it starts a conversation and it gets us thinking about what it is to have God right there embedded in our organizations, so we're not just leading a secular organization but a godly organization, Mm -hmm. that will make all the difference. Yes. Well, all that you're sharing is kind of whetting our appetite to want to know more. And, of course, we'll have to read your book to learn more. Thank you so much, Neil Johnson, for sharing about your book and your thinking and also sharing your story with us. Thank you, Eric. Well, that was part two of Eric Scadabo having a chat with Vision Zone Neil Johnson, host of the Daily Current Events program called 2020. As we heard, Neil is certainly more than just a voice on the radio. He's a deep thinker with much to say about the state of society today and our role as Christians in an increasingly secular age. Once again, to find out more about Neil's book, Public Christians in a Secular Age, you can go to Vision's online store at vision.org.au. Also, you can listen to podcasts of Neil's thoughtful interviews on the 2020 webpage. Again, that's at vision.org.au. Finally, when we start to think about how secular and godless our society is becoming, it would be easy to find ourselves filled with despair. But that's not what we heard from Neil. He's done a great deal of thinking on this topic. Also, we can take great comfort from what the Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible. He said, We are experiencing trouble on every side but are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are persecuted but not abandoned. We are knocked down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our body. So do not despair, but let us keep our eyes on Jesus. He'll lead us through any adversity we may face, and he'll help us to be a light in the darkness. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Neil Johnson's story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily.